Well, hey church and happy Easter. Easter Sunday is here. Jesus has risen and it is a beautiful day of celebration. Wherever you are right now, in your lounge rooms, with your family, by yourself right now, it is just such a day of celebration. And this incredible moment is just spread around the world. I love that even people who wouldn't call themselves Christians will always stop at this time of year and, and celebrate this thing of Easter, uh, where a good God, the essence of the day, a good God, died for us on the cross, defeated sin and death, rose again and now gives eternal life and joy and peace to anyone who would receive him. And so I hope you're celebrating as well today. I hope you're celebrating at home. I hope you're celebrating with loved ones. I hope in the midst of this chaos is a day of celebration for every single one of us. And today we're going to look at our, how Jesus is our good shepherd. It's an amazing truth that we see again and again in Scripture. He is such a good God, but he, he's a shepherd. And we see all the men of God in Scripture. So many of them were shepherds. We see, uh, we see Moses being a shepherd. We see Jacob being a shepherd. We see David being a shepherd. All these incredible people uh, that God called and, and used in amazing ways. And Jesus fulfills that in Scripture. And today we're going to look at John chapter 10, verse 11. And so if you've got your Bible, why don't we head there now together? John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Now let's pray. Well, Lord, we love you. And God, we celebrate today this beautiful Resurrection Sunday, the day that even today the world has changed by it so much that they couldn't prove your body. They couldn't show your body to say that you didn't rise again. And your message and your gospel spread around the world and it changed the world and it impacted every single nation on earth. It's the day we still celebrate almost 2000 years later. And I pray every time we think of it, celebration and joy would fill our heart. It would overflow in gratitude today. Today would be a day of worship. Today would be a day of praise. We love you, God. We thank you today. Uh, remind us and renew our awe as we think about what you have done for us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, how ha has the truth and the beauty of Jesus being your good shepherd, our good shepherd, how has that impacted you? Uh, once again, before Jesus fulfilled it, God was seen as this amazing shepherd in the Old Testament. One of my favorite Psalms comes out of Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, where we see David just praising God. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. But catch this, I have everything I need. What on earth could this shepherd offer David where David says, I have everything I need just with God. In this time where we're, we're at home, in this time of uncertainty and in this time of uh, dispersion, how important is it, how crucial is it for you and I to see that God truly is the pearl of great price. He truly is the one who is everything we need. Well, we discover him. We discover something like Paul says. He says, I, I, I've learned to be content with what I have. I, I've had a full stomach and an empty stomach. I have lots of things and sometimes nothing. But in 
all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How is he this content? How is he this okay? Whether he's, he's got money or not, whether he's full stomach or, or an empty stomach, how is he con so content? He says, because I have Jesus. Because I have Jesus. And the same book in Philippians, a chapter early, he says, I count everything as rubbish compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior. How could Paul and how could David say in Jesus, I have everything I need? All right. There is the question. Now, right there is the crux of Christianity. Is Jesus an add on to you or is he everything? Is he enough? Today, I want us to look at three crucial things that will show to you and I, not only that Jesus is our good shepherd, but he is everything we need. So we can join with David, C3 Karam, and we could too say like David, Jesus is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The first thing that is so important for you and I to understand is that Jesus paid the price that we could never pay. How can we look at this, this, this verse once again in John chapter 10, verse 11? The Lord, uh, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, sacrifices his life for the sheep. What did he accomplish in that? What did he do for you and I in that? He paid the price we could never pay. See, an amazing thing that sometimes people don't understand in Scripture or, or, or choose, I think they don't want to believe about God. But at the same time, God is he's both loving and He's just. He's a just God and He's a God who is love. And sometimes we only want the God who is love. And so the thought of anything being hard or anything being um, not going our way, we're like, how could God be love? Because we refuse to bring in at the exact same time this righteous, just God. And see, because God is both righteous and just and love, there's some things he requires of us. And, and my wording, he, he either requires perfection or payment or punishment, perfection or payment or punishment. And, and I know that might sound really harsh, but it, it's the same way with our law system, even here in Australia and around the world. There is a law set in place and, and they the police officers rightly will require you and I to obey that law perfectly. I can't go whatever speed limit I want. I can't do what I want. I can't live my life how I want. I need to obey this requirement, obey this law perfectly. And now if I don't obey it, well, often if I park in the wrong spot or if I, I go a bit too fast, uh, they are going to send me a fine. So now they need payment. Hey, you didn't live perfectly, Dan. You didn't live perfectly according to the law. So now there must be a payment. And guess what? If I refuse to pay that, if I'm the fool and I refuse to, I know I'm not going to give you a payment. You should love me enough. Just wipe the payment. Unfortunately, they're not going to do that. Uh, they are wonderful police officers out there. We love you right now. We're championing you in this time. But as much as we love you, and I'm sure you love me, uh, if you get to know me more, you're not just going to go, okay, it's fine. You don't need to pay that. Just, just wipe it away. No, there's perfection. If I miss that up, then it's payment. If I refuse to pay, there's punishment. I'm going to go to court and the payment's either going to be increased or I'm going to be uh, imprisoned and sent to, to jail, right? So what we see is perfection and all payment 
or punishment. And that's what Jesus did. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, says Jesus cancelled the record of debt, the punishment, that, 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 that debt that stood against us and, and we owed money. He cancelled that record when he went to the cross. It's an amazing thing. And so this perfection, payment, or punishment, there's something unique I want, I want you to see here right now about Jesus and what it means for you and I today. Why is he a good shepherd? Why did the good shepherd lay his life down for us? Here's what I want you to see. Jesus could have lived his life perfectly. Once again, in perfection, he could have lived his life perfectly and then not died. And he would have gone to heaven and he would have deserved heaven. That would have been his reward for living his life perfectly. And we would be in the same category. Or if Jesus didn't live his life perfectly, if he had have sinned, even though Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says we have a high priest in heaven, Jesus, who is like, temp like us, tempted in every way that we are, yet he did not sin. So, but if he sinned, well, then he didn't live perfectly. So he didn't fulfill this. Instead, there's a payment. Jesus would have had to try and pay off that debt as well to God. Otherwise, he would have fallen into punishment. And yet, if he had have been punished, if he had have sinned, he didn't. If he had have sinned, then his punishment would have once again been what he deserved. I'm not going too far, so I want you to catch this. If he had lived perfectly and didn't die, he goes to heaven to get what he deserves. If he sinned, then he would have been punished, and once again, he would have got what he deserved. But catch this, here's where the gospel comes into play. Jesus lived his life perfectly, and at the same time, was punished. He paid what we couldn't pay. He took the punishment, the sin in us deserved. And so why would he do that? If, if he lived one avenue, he would have got what he deserves. When Jesus lives perfectly and he takes the punishment, then he makes the payment. That's Colossians 2.14. He has cancelled the record of debt that stood against us. So catch this. Now he doesn't get what he deserves alone. Now we get what he deserves. And that's the gospel. Jesus didn't live his life perfectly and selfishly say, I'm not dying. I'm just going to go to heaven and take my reward. And he didn't sin and, and be punished and, 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 and take that reward and get what he deserved once again if he had sinned. But he did it all. He lived perfectly and he took the punishment. He made the payment we couldn't make. He paid the price we couldn't pay. And now on offer for you and I this Easter is a perfect life is the righteousness, the holiness, the joy, the, the sonship of Jesus Christ. It's on offer for you and I today. So through faith, when God looks at us through faith, he sees what Jesus did. He sees the perfection and he sees the payment and he sees the punishment. And now he looks at you and I. And if you and I say yes to Jesus, then that gets put on us, imputed to us. And God says, you do not need to make any more payment. You do not need to do anything else. You are welcome into my family. You are mine now through what Jesus did on the cross. He paid the price you and I could never pay. That is why in him we say, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Another thing that is beautiful, once you accept that free gift of grace is you see that he makes you a new creation. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Everyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Verse 18, all of this is from God, who through Christ, what Jesus did on the cross, reconciled us to himself, brought us close. Everyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Everyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Christian, why is God our good shepherd? Why do we look to him and say, I have everything I need? Because he and he alone made us new. You didn't earn your newness. You didn't earn this new creation. You didn't earn this, this new life that you have in him. It's a free gift. Hebrew, uh, sorry. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 says that even while we were dead in our sins, it says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, he made us alive. We are a new creation. Thank you, Jesus. That is why he's a good shepherd. He did a new work in us. He washed the old away. And when we look at scripture, we see clearly, once again, that penalty of sin is gone. And now in the newness of life, the power of sin is losing its grip. The more I push into Jesus, the less sin is satisfying to me. The less I desire it, it is losing its grip because we are new creations. And Jesus says, this has to happen. If you want to come to heaven and be with me for eternity, in John chapter 3, he says, unless you are born of the Spirit, unless you're a new creation, you won't get to see what heaven looks like. But the best news I bring to you today is it's yours for free. You can't earn it. You can't pay the price. Once again, Jesus has paid that price through his perfect life and now for free. It's on offer for you today. And you have the choice whether you take it or not. Jesus is our good shepherd. He is all that we need because he paid the price we could never pay because he makes us a new creation. And I'll finish with this. Jesus is our good shepherd because he brings us to God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, God, being Jesus Christ, died once. The just for the unjust. Why? Same verse. That he might bring us to God. The goal of Jesus dying on the cross. Why? Once again in John 10, why would the good shepherd sacrifice his life for the sheep? He wanted to bring you close to God. He wanted to bring you into this beautiful relationship, this perfect relationship with God where it is there for you today as he, as he brings you close and religion falls away. You get to get, understand and, and get the gospel. The gospel screams everything that Jesus has done for you. While every other major religion will speak about what you need to do to get to God, what you need to do to earn eternal life, what you need to do to be good enough and give enough and do this and say this enough, then you'll get to God. Then he'll accept you. The gospel of Jesus Christ screams about everything he did to get to you. The gospel of Jesus Christ screams that as soon as you just believe that, then you don't need to do anything else to get to God, that you just need to see that he's done everything needed to get to you right now in your living room, in your home, wherever you are, the presence of God wants to fill your house, wants to fill your heart, wants to show you and offer you, wants you to receive that he's paid the price you could never pay. He wants to offer you and show you that right now through faith, you can be made a new creation. And he wants to offer you and help you see that right now 
you can be close to God. You can be one with God through what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. The gospel screams the price has been paid. The gospel screams there's newness of life on offer. And the gospel screams that our good shepherd wants to bring us close to himself. That is all on offer for you right now through faith.